Handle on the News. Handle on the News! I just want to say, um, Bill Handle ruined my childhood. And now, here's Bill Handle. Okay. Here we go. Uh, it's Friday. Everybody's happy. All right. Today, the last day of uh, our music that we play in uh, remembrance of uh, high school graduation, the year we graduated uh, high school, we through the week, we did everybody. Uh, and uh, today is we're finishing up with uh, my year of graduation. We're going to be playing some songs. Uh, John, uh, do you have uh, some uh, songs? Of uh, my uh, graduate, I know you're going to do bumpers, so I'm just throwing it at you. So I, I don't know what you have ready. Uh, but, oh, yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. No, I just no, just throw a one or two out there right now if you don't mind. Uh, just uh, oh, a it's little, a preview. It's a preview. A preview. Yeah. And John didn't know that it was coming. A very spontaneous show, as you know. <laughs> okay, so we're looking at. Uh, yeah, let's just let's just do a song. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's just any song. I don't care. Pick a pick a song from my uh, graduation. That was a good one. What? That song you're humming right now. While he's getting that song together, it's an excellent opportunity, I'm sure. Remember that? All right. We're just just starting. Also, 7.30, my commencement speech. Yeah. My annual commencement sheet, uh, uh, speech to the grad... Well, I almost said that word, which is also very good. Uh, That would work perfectly. And every year I do that to the graduating class, the high school graduating class, and this year is 2018. You were going to say, Wayne. Well, it's too late. I was going to plug the iHeartRadio app because they're doing graduation playlists, and I thought the company would enjoy a little plug for their app. They probably would. And so let me say a quick hello, Jennifer. Hi, Handel. And uh, there is Wayne. Download it for free. Okay. (laughs) And you can get a mattress for free also. Okay, then there is... Uh, the uh, lovely Alex and uh, John Ramirez. And we're going to do a, a story in the news uh, about uh, Europe and changing its rules uh, about uh, uh, keeping data, major companies, and the rules change completely. And in terms of just uh, data, uh, two nights ago, I was going to share this yesterday, two nights ago, over the course of one hour, I received four phone calls from the same call center in India because uh, all the guys were named Bob. Hello, my name is Bob. And... It was uh, calling up about my the micro Microsoft on my server uh, was not working, and they came and it's so we're Microsoft calling, and please go in front of your computer, and we're going to fix it. I mean, obviously, complete scam. So the first time around, uh, first phone call, I said, um, you know, I don't have any Microsoft products. Uh, all we do is have Mac, and he said, you're lying, and uh, <laughs> and I said, no, you're lying, and I hung up. Now. Then it started getting to be a lot of fun. So the second time, 15 minutes later, same call center, different Bob, same opening. We're from Microsoft. I'm from Microsoft. This is Microsoft calling. And I said, uh, you know, I don't even have a password to my computer. It's my wife who uh, has the password. She's the one that uses the computer, which is true. And uh, he said, well, let me talk to your wife. And I said, she's in the hospital. She has diabetes and getting her legs removed. <laughs> okay? Oh, no. I'm sorry. And I hung up. Okay, that was number one. Number Now we're on our third phone call. All right? Same thing. Microsoft, I said, it's my wife 
And he goes, well, let me talk to your wife because she has to be in front of the computer. I said, she died yesterday. Hand How rude of you. Oh, I'm sorry. Hung up. Oh, I was just going to, I was going to be on a roll. By then I was sort of bored with it. So the fourth phone call, I just hung up and then it stopped. Uh, and this, uh, someone has, uh, they're floating around uh, the internet world, the dark world. Uh, they have this phone number and it's a number we use as a backup in case, uh, oh, in case our voice internet, because of course we use, uh, you know, voice over internet uh, or VoIP, whatever VoIP. the hell they call it. Yeah. And so we have a landline always, just in case. Uh, it's just it's a backup because landlines don't go out usually. Yeah, I have a landline goes. too, yeah, just okay, in just, case. Right, exactly. Yeah. Some, and we don't use that. No one has it. Nope, uh, don't either. But it's only for outgoing. And they have some. They have that number. And I get calls every night for, uh, oh, remodel. I'm on the remodel list. And I get two, three calls a night. And it's always someone different, and they used, of course, different. Hi, I'm in the uh, neighborhood, or, gee, my husband uh, is uh, in the business. Can we come out? And I said, I'm a contractor. Click. That's it. Then you're done. It's not, I don't need it. Well, can we come out anyway? I'm a contractor. We're done. So anyway, all right, so much for that. Uh, A lot going on. Bumper music, graduation. uh, This time, uh, how many years ago? You know, they don't want me to say Management doesn't want me to say exactly how how old I am, but somebody could just go look up Bad Moon Rising and yeah. see when it came out. Yeah, they could. Go, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. graduated high school. I can't say 1969. Okay, <laughs> uh, why don't we do it? Right? Let's do it. Late story. We used to be best buddies, and now we're not. I wish you would tell me why. Okay, North Korea comes back. After uh, yesterday's announcement that there's no go in no co. Okay, sure. That's mainly Alex, by the way. Uh, And uh, now North Korea comes back. It's going to give Trump time and opportunity to reconsider. Okay, so Trump asks uh, North Korea to reconsider. And uh, remember, yesterday we're still leaving it open. I mean, he said, I'm canceling it. If you change your mind, let me know. And now North Korea says... If you change your Your mind, mind. it's uh, it. I'm not playing favorites with North Korea, but as to this particular part of this debacle, they're on the correct side Mm. of it because he canceled it. Yeah, not necessarily. No, I just I just mean only the little sliver of he canceled canceled it. He He can't say to them if you change your mind. However, there were reasons why he canceled it and and some good reasons. So uh, and he could have ignored those and gone forward, but chose not to. So anyway, we're going to do that story, of course. He, by the way, just treat the president tweeted within the hour. Very good news to receive the warm and productive statement from North Korea. We will soon see where it will lead, hopefully to long and enduring prosperity and peace. Only time and talent will tell. Okay. It's like taming of the shrew. I know. It's great. Any word about how uh, Kim needs a better haircut in the tweet? No, I still didn't no. see that. No. Okay, and then really quickly, uh, one of the reasons is the North. I'm just grabbing yours, uh, Jen. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, it's North, uh, North Koreans stood up, stood up to the yeah. White House advance team in Singapore. They they were supposed to show up to plan. Didn't even show. They waited and waited. Yeah, and just didn't, like, totally nah. stood up. That's one of the reasons why Trump did that. Okay, we'll take a break. Uh, come back and do a lot more Harvey Weinstein uh, news coming up. And also your chance to win $1,000. Okay.
here on a uh, Friday morning. Uh, and, uh, oh, we got a lot of news. Uh, we're going to uh, Donald Trump and Harvey Weinstein news. We're going to cover in a minute. But first, ladies and gentlemen. Last day for our contest. Yeah, that puts me in a mood. Oh, yeah, here's your chance to celebrate and win $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. They call the winner, so you have to answer the phone like Angela in San Clemente did. She won $1,000. Your next chance to win next hour. What is he so happy about it? Why is he dancing and smiling? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, going cr- I'm going crazy here. <laughs> I don't have to deal with a sign anymore. And, uh, you know, a little sign that... Yeah. Uh, you going to beat it up this time like you did the last time? I don't know. Last time I destroyed it. So I don't know what I'm going to do with it this time. All right. Uh, let's move on. More handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee. Uh, Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. He has turned himself in. The bump Harvey Weinstein turned himself in to face charges of uh, he's got a first-degree rape charge. He's got a first-degree criminal sexual act charge. I think he's got a third-degree rape charge. I hope he has did wise investments with the money. He was making a fortune. I know his stock became, whatever stock he had is worthless because Weinstein Company uh, sold for very little money and far less than the assets, I'm assuming. So anybody that owns stock in it is just gone. Uh, Now... His defense, both on the civil side and now the criminal side, it's going to be millions of dollars for him to defend himself. And if he invested wisely, he'll have the money. Here's what it sounded like when he walked in. It was brutal. Harvey, why'd you do it, Harvey? Is this an admission of guilt? Harvey, what took you so long? These I are mean, reporters. They just went after him. These are. It's. I mean, they were. They, the public was there too. But yeah, I mean, it was just a giant you know, group of reporters. People do that. Reporters are can be so sleazy. They always ask things like this. So, and, and no one's going to make a comment. No. Uh, and uh, you know, but they shove stuff in their face. They shove microphone in their faces. And then, of course, uh, whenever something horrible happens, uh, someone's lost their family oh. or a major tragedy. Oh, don't How say do you it. feel? Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. I feel like I want to kill you. That's how I feel. Because you're sticking a microphone in my face. Well, Morgan Freeman, he now, too, is having to answer allegations of sexual misconduct. Ever since I was a little boy, people have enjoyed the sound of my voice. Well, two people haven't. Yeah, at least two. Maybe eight. And there was one woman who says he kept trying to lift up my skirt, asking if I was wearing underwear... Um, another woman said uh, he would comment on our bodies. We knew yeah. that if he was coming by, not to wear any top that would show our breasts, not to wear anything that would show our bottoms. Now, I want to make a point here. Uh, in his apology, I apologize to anyone who felt uncomfortable or disrespected. That was never my intent, which, of course, sounds very hollow. You know, just a way out. I have to tell you why I uh, I can actually believe what he says. I never uh, – it was never my intent. And here's why I, I I think that has some truth. That's the culture that we've lived in, where a man who's in a position uh, like Morgan Freeman uh, can make those comments and lift someone's skirt 
and not think that it is particularly offensive. Even if, though, because she says that he kept trying to do it and she was moving away and moving away and Alan Arkin actually saw it well, and, and even those, told him to stop. Yeah, under those circumstances, I, I think he knows. But in general, I'm just talking about a generality where it was unfortunately accepted and considered simply part of doing business. Uh, and that says and, and, and that says a lot about the culture that it used to be. I just just mentioning that. Uh, I just thought I would take it to not a defense, but just trying to. All right, let's look at this and try to, if we can get a little deeper. Okay. A security guard working for a company called Crime Prevention Agency raped a 14 year old girl at an apartment complex where he was working. And there was a lawsuit, of course, against the company. The verdict is in. Billion dollar verdict yes. against the security company and the jury. After as soon as they read the verdict, one we award one billion dollars. The jury all left the jury box and went over and hugged yeah. the uh, victim and wow. her mother. Well, it was uh, it, the the company had already been deemed uh, negligent. This was simply damages and a billion dollars. I mean, the judge, of course, going to reduce that, and of course, the company's out of business under any circumstances. But. Uh, Still a billion-dollar award. No one's ever actually heard of a billion How in the award. world do you not settle this case? Prior? Yes. Especially once the judge rules you're liable. How in the world do you let 12 because people... I think, because I, I think, mean, I'm glad, maybe they but just, maybe from they, their standpoint, well, they couldn't see something like well, this coming? He, yeah, they knew that it was going to be huge, but uh, you've got... And if you look at this uh, young lady, uh, and it's just as important to her to make a statement as it was to receive any money. She gets their money no matter what, whatever they have. Uh, so even if they settled it, I mean, they offered money, but of course, uh, it, there's never enough money in this case because they, the award was going to be far more than they could even come up with the money. So they're going to get an award. Uh, they got a billion dollars, uh, assets of maybe 200000 300000 if it's hugely successful, maybe a million, uh, and they're getting that anyway. So uh, it, I, I think it was a statement. Uh, that's why I'm sure they tried to settle it, and it's just easy for her to say no. When judges, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, reduce jury yes. awards, do they, like this starts at a billion, right? Do they start at the top and come down a certain amount, or would the judge, even in a case like this, go, no, it's a million, not a billion? Oh yeah, they could easily do that. The judge is remitter and uh, or remitter. It's always confused with it too. And it's uh, w- when the jury award is so astronomical that it makes no sense. This makes no sense. This is a political statement is what this is. Uh, This isn't against uh, Microsoft. This isn't against General Motors that do have to, would have to cough up the money. But a judge is going to reduce this. uh, But it doesn't matter. The company's out of business. Whatever they have is gone. Okay, we'll take a break and uh, come back and do more Handle on the News. Touching me, touching you. We're doing this all week because it's uh, iHeartMedia is, uh, what are they doing? It's, the iHeartRadio app has a graduation playlist right. function. You type in the year you graduated, it pulls up a playlist of songs you're going to love. Download it for free now, the iHeartRadio app. Okay, you've done it, all right? Did You uh, You don't have to do it later on. Still has to do it later on? Probably. No, I'm going to, no. 
I've got some developing news for you. Yeah, please. Let's. Uh, some, yeah, I know this is not nearly as important as uh, the graduation songs. But please. Oh, uh, it's true. President Trump has left the door open for a summit with North Korea, even possibly on June 12th, as originally planned. He just walked out of the White House this morning. He told reporters the U.S. is talking right now with North Korea. He says the North really wants to meet, and so does America. Yeah, we're going to talk more about this because uh, there's a whole China component. component. So here is, uh, this is actually Trump uh, offering to play ping pong with uh, Kim Jong-un. And Kim Jong-un responds, what do you think we're doing? All right, uh, let's move on. More handle on the news. Jennifer, Wayne, and me. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier. We now are learning more about these new data laws in Europe. It's the final So this is called the General Data Protection Regulation. And what it does is it wants anybody who uses data inside the EU, regardless of where it's based. So like if there's a call center in India that has the information of people who use data in the EU, they have to disclose that. So um, they said that there are a ton of companies, big companies like Facebook or WhatsApp or, you know, those sorts of things that are having to kind of revise their privacy agreements in order to go along yeah. with these now, new now protections you need and per, regulations. Now you need permission yep. of uh, the user to use that data, for example, giving it to Cambridge Analytica. And uh, there, that, Europe is always much tougher than anything that happens anywhere else in the world. That European Union is, is really crazy when it comes to virtually any social endeavor. And there are all these privacy advocates groups that have these lawsuits just ready to go. Like Facebook, if you don't do it, boom, you're going to get yeah. hit with a lawsuit. All right, here's another one. Yes, yeah, speaking of social media companies, here in California, the California Supreme Court ruled that if a guy's on trial for a crime and the defense team wants public social media information, the company has to turn it over. Now, and prosecutors have been able to get right. that Prosecute, kind of information already. Right. Uh, so, uh, it just evens ex- the playing field. Yeah, exactly. So here is an example. Somebody posts a uh, puts a post up on social media, I hate this person, I want to kill this person. Right, And then goes ahead and kills him. Prosecutors are able to put that up. Uh, but if someone were, if the defendant wanted to post or wanted to introduce uh, a post saying, I want to kill him first, couldn't do it until now. You're right. Evens the playing field. I'm surprised beforehand it just doesn't happen because this seems uh, such an issue of constitutional rights. It's stunning. They yeah. weren't able well, to the do appeals it. court level said no. The defendants don't have a right to this know, stuff, which... and then the Supreme Court in California said, "Oh, yes, oh yeah, they, they do." do. Oh, you guys, I'm uh, watching. I'm going to see if I can pull this up really fast. Harvey Weinstein is in court. Oh, yes. right now. Uh, oh, shoot. Let me see if I can get this. Uh, let's see. Um, so his attorney is, yeah, let me see. I think I can pull it up. Yeah, we Maybe. went back and looked at it again this morning because he said in there, of oh, course, no, he this denied is just that CNN. Uh, um, any well, we can to it for a second. non-consensual sex. He's, he said everything that happened was consensual relationships. But one of the lines says he believes all relationships were consensual. Mm. He believes that. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if that speaks to the being deranged or what, but when you have 80 plus women saying, no, 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 
this was wrong. I didn't want it. And especially one of the women in this case, um, Lucia Evans, who said in 2004, he forced her to have oral sex during a <clears throat> meeting. Think about the brazenness and boldness of that and, and some of the other allegations that we've heard. Yeah. Making her perform right. oral sex on him. During does the fact that he says believes, yeah. does he think that think, word is going to get him out of this? Well, somehow? it's just it's an interesting, interesting position because uh, all of this is intent. So he's not going. He's not, I, There's too much proof that he did it. So I don't think he can say that didn't happen. I don't think he can say uh, it was consensual because just overwhelming proof that it wasn't. So I think what he's doing is fighting the intent part of the crime. I'm so either I'm so dense I didn't realize they didn't want it, or I'm Harvey Weinstein. It never occurred to me they wouldn't want to do it. That's now here's the thing. That's still also a very despicable mindset. But it could but be if in you mitigation. can convince one juror that that's true. That's reasonable. You could hang a jury. <gasps> Oh my gosh! Maybe I think somebody I would buy that. I'd be surprised if uh, he doesn't get convicted. No, no. But that's the only no. angle he has. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely going down. There's no question about it. Do you guys see though how you can tell that this is on his face? You can tell that he's got the stress on his face. Oh yeah, he's not a happy camper at all. I mean, he he knows he's not a stupid man. He knows that he is looking for. A whole lot of years in jail. What he is going to have left when all of this is said and done is probably some jail time because he's such a high profile actor uh, in all of this. And uh, also any money he has. The only thing he'll be able to live on is pension and Social Security because everything else will be taken. And that's probably going to go to his wife and kids anyway. Don't you think a lot of that? No, it's all his, I think. I don't think Social Security, uh, well, maybe if they're getting divorced. That wouldn't go to the kids. Uh, maybe his wife. No, no. I think uh, she's entitled to her own Social Security. And uh, so it's that that can't be touched with a judgment. But that's it. Everything else can be touched. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy stuff. All right. Uh, oh, we haven't gotten to the Amazon story. We'll do that when we come back. KFI AM 640. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Oh, there we go. High school graduation song, mine this year, uh, this uh, Friday. All right, Handel and the Morning Crew's breaking. We have so much breaking news this morning. All right, uh, I'm going to go right to you, Jennifer, with the breaking news. All right, so Harvey Weinstein made his first court appearance this morning, charged with sex crimes, including rape. The judge issued a $10 million bond. Harvey Weinstein agreed to pay a million dollars bail. He's going to wear a monitor and give up his passport. He will be able to travel between Connecticut and New York. Not exactly sure why on that one. Maybe his house is in Connecticut. I would and, guess. And I would guess. I guess. Um, anyway, so those are the conditions of that. And then also we're following up on apparently two people have been shot at a middle school in Indiana. The shooter, though, is in custody. And at this point, I'm just saying injured. For the, the people who were shot. Yeah, well, it's Friday, so this week's shootings are, and then we just go through the list of schools, I was right? Just, and you know what is odd is I was thinking, wasn't it just about this time last week that we had the shooting in Texas start? Yeah, yeah, it just, uh, it just doesn't stop. I mean, it's just, uh, I've often said, or I've started to say, and I think uh, you know other people have said the same thing, uh, that it's just now the cost of doing business. It's now simply, this is what happens uh, when you get to school is you look at 
uh, you parents and kids are frightened that it is simply one of those things that is today is today going to happen. Can you imagine at school? When we were going to school, uh, it never even occurred to us the possibility of someone coming in and shooting the campus up. Never even in the wildest dreams. All right, real quickly, it's Free Movie Friday with Adam Tickets. It's back, giving you a chance at free movie tickets. You can test them now. Text reporter to Adam, that's A-T-O-M-1, for your chance to win the Adam Tickets app. You can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone and skip the lines. Standard data and text messages rates may apply. All right, let's finish up by handle on the news. This has been a concern, and now, at least for one family, it's been confirmed. Their Amazon Echo recorded them. And I'm cruising through Black Island Sound. It was a family in Portland, and they were having a conversation, and apparently their Echo thought it said the A word. And allegedly started recording maybe then or something, but somehow sent the conversation that this family was having about hardwood floors to... Thank God it was only hardwood floors. That's exactly Can you it. imagine if they were on the hardwood floors... Well, now. ...stooping their brains out and screaming? That would have been more entertaining. Okay. The, the recording was sent to an employee of the husband. Right. Who calls who the family. On, who was on the list. Who's on yeah, their who's contact, on the contact list. list. On his contact and he calls list. up and he said, unplug all your Amazon right. devices right now. You're being hacked. Here's the scariest part. So the woman calls Amazon and says, hey, we, you know, this happened to us. They go through the logs. They say, yes, it did. Yes, it did. They apologized to her 15 times, she said, in like this 30-minute conversation. I don't doubt it. But the scariest part is what they did not tell her was how widespread this problem is. Right. They didn't say, oh, you're the only one this has ever happened to. Uh, Dana Rohrbacher's lost the support of the National Association of Realtors for uh, a little something that he said. He, says you can't go he was speaking to the Orange County Association of Realtors, and he said that, uh, hey, if someone does not want to sell their home to a gay person or a lesbian person, they shouldn't have to. Yeah, now, he's in for a very tough fight for his seat, his congressional seat. Matter of fact, the, t- the, the toughest of... Uh, his entire 15 terms uh, that he has. Why he would piss off the realtors. Now, I, it's, you know, he was trying to, in fact, impress the realtors because he assumed that this is the Orange County realtors that they hate gay people too, just like he does. And if you want to not, like I would never, uh, I can see where he was going. I don't think he just, but what an idiot. But then the national yeah, well, level said, don't yeah, give you know, him any more money. What, what do you think? I mean, what was going through his mind other than that? I mean, what? Yeah, let me put it this way. There is a good political decision, right, on his part. If he had just shut up and never said anything, he, it's nothing controversial. I love real estate. I love selling. I love buying. You guys are great. You're the most important people in the world. You know, you're normal stuff. And transgender inmates now have a right to not only hormone therapy, but hair removal. Yeah. There was this policy in Missouri that said it would agree to pay for prisoners who had started their treatments before they were incarcerated. That's already, they, there they have to continue on with their hormone treatment. But now a judge says, no, now you have to do it once they're in there. Yep. So even if they do it after they get in there. Yeah, and the... The cost alone for Greek women, for example. Oh. What? I think we're done. I think we should be. That 
That effectively killed it. North Korea response. What went wrong? What? That's what we're going to do. This is KFI AM 640. Harvey Weinstein's attorney making a statement. Very quickly to dismiss uh, these charges. We believe that they are constitutionally flawed. We believe that they are not factually supported by the evidence. And we believe that at the end of the process, Mr. Weinstein will be exonerated. Uh, Someone inside asked me how Mr. Weinstein feels this morning. And my response was, as well as can be expected when you are accused of a crime that you vehemently deny having committed. So we are going through the process. Today is the first step. We knew that Mr. Weinstein was under investigation for more than seven months. He voluntarily uh, surrendered this morning and we have met all of the bail conditions by agreement so that we would not have extended court proceedings. We have a right to revisit any issue in this case later in the event that an indictment is is returned. And I uh, anticipate that uh, this case will ultimately uh, be resolved favorably um, as to Mr. Weinstein. I'm going to take just one or two questions. And what are the bond I'm I'm going to make that decision next week. Whether and what are the bond conditions? Does he maintain that these relationships were consensual? Mr. Weinstein has always maintained that any sexual activity he engaged in was consensual. He has vehemently denied any of the allegations which suggest that he engaged in non-consensual sexual activity. Many of these allegations are long um, overdue, quite frankly, having been uh, made about events that are alleged to have occurred. Many years ago. They were not reported to the police at the time these events occurred. And I anticipate that the women who have made these allegations when subjected uh, to cross-examination in the event we even get that far, that the charges will not be believed by 12 people, assuming we get 12 fair people who are not consumed by the movement that seems to have overtaken this case. What are the details of the bail conditions? And is he wearing an ankle bracelet? I think the details of the bail conditions were discussed in open court. I really don't want to revisit them now. He has met them. We deposited the million dollars of uh, uh, cash bail that was required by the court. And uh, we've agreed to turn over Mr. Weinstein's passport. and. That's where we are. Ben, how can you speak about a federal investigation? How can you speak about a federal investigation? Is that what you plan on if you get to that point? What? A vigorous cross-examination? I I anticipate a vigorous defense. That's been uh, my uh, professional job for almost 40 years, and I think most of you know that. How concerned you about a federal investigation? I think the federal investigation, if it um, occurs, we will deal with it. When and if uh, that happens, I am hoping to continue my discussions with the Southern District and uh, my efforts to dissuade them from proceeding. That investigation, too, has gone on for many months. Well, Thank you, you very much. Dozens of women who say that there's a pattern of behavior, a pattern of misconduct uh, by Mr. Weinstein against these women. Well, let me say this without defending behavior. Um, my job is not to defend behavior. My job is to defend something that is criminal behavior. Bad behavior 
Um, Mr. Weinstein did not invent the casting couch in Hollywood, and to the extent that there is bad behavior um, in that industry, that is not what this is about. Bad behavior is not on trial in this case. It's only if you intentionally committed a criminal act, and Mr. Weinstein vigorously denies that. They say that he did commit. I, I understand that. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. People don't get convicted based on accusations. People get convicted only when there is credible evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. And in this case, I do not believe that the district attorney has that, nor do I believe that Mr. Weinstein has intentionally violated the law. Thank you very much. Hey, that's uh, Harvey Weinstein's uh, attorney. Uh, very well, well spoken, incidentally. Uh, I thought uh, he uh, did, a, did an excellent job. Uh, not screaming, my client will be vindicated, not screaming, he is innocent, he is innocent, where a lot of attorneys uh, in this, uh, under these circumstances uh, would be, uh, they would be showboaters and uh, screaming at the top of their lungs and throwing their arms up in the air. He was very calm, uh, measured, uh, I thought did an excellent job of uh, stating his case uh, and, and explaining uh, why uh, this uh, this case is going forward, thinking uh, or saying that the prosecution doesn't have uh, enough evidence for a criminal uh, prosecution, a criminal conviction. And when uh, he was asked uh, about uh, the, uh, the allegations of uh, sexual impropriety, uh, he quickly, quickly uh, discerned or quickly explained that this case is not about bad behavior. And he went on to talk about the ca- uh, the casting couch, that it's uh, everybody knows about it, but this is not about bad behavior. That's not on trial. The only thing that's on trial is the criminal allegation. And the attorney said, you know what? There's nothing criminal here. That's taking the position that it was all consensual sex. If it was consensual sex, there is no crime. It's that simple. And, uh, Here's where I think uh, he is wrong, and that is that uh, the women who are going to testify, uh, the attorney said that the jury will not believe the women when they talked about uh, the non-consensual sex. Well, they've got 80 of them. See, there was a little bit of a cringeworthy moment, too, to me when he said, I hope we can get the 12 jurors who haven't been swept up in this movement. And I was like, oh. Well, no, he's absolutely right. He is absolutely he may be right. right, but it was the way that in which he phrased it, almost the poo-pooing the movement in and of itself. Well, when it yes, and, and I'll tell you what I, he said, and I think uh, you can understand the other side, is that if you look at the movement, if you look at this wave that is going across the country, look who's being swept up, and that's anybody who is accused of bad behavior, right? The very the very fact of having sex today uh, is akin to what Harvey Weinstein did. And let me uh, go on and ask you a question, uh, Jen. Had it not been for the movement, would Harvey Weinstein? He still, yeah, hopefully, still would be uh, indicted, and he still would be accused. If it's true, he should still should go down. But for the movement, do you think this we would be breaking? Our show to go to the lawyer talking or oh. or the fact he's simply standing up in court and and uh, putting up bail. Do you think that would have happened if, if it weren't for the movement? I don't know that. OK, that's a, a good question. and I'll answer it in two ways. 
no on one hand because we would have said, oh, Harvey Weinstein just made it in court and I do it on the quarter hour and okay, good to go. But the fact that there were 80 women, that's the only thing. It's the sheer number right, of fair. allegations against him. And what you're him. saying that, uh, yeah, but okay, let me go on and ask uh, again, and we're going to take another uh, an, another tact. And that is, but for the movement, would you have seen 80 women come forward? Some of uh, mm, these allegations, I, yeah. some of the incidents happened 25 years ago, and nothing was said. So, but for the movement, and that has a lot to do with the power of Hollywood, the power of Harvey Weinstein. I, Weinstein, I'm not defending at all. No. I mean, he is known as a pig, and he is known as a guy who does everything he can to get laid and uses his power. But for the movement, would these women even come forward 25 years later? Probably not. Yeah, and I think that's what the lawyer pointed out. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, migrant children... Uh, uh, migrant children are not innocent, according to the president. What does that mean? I'll share that with you. And after the break, oh, just fantastic. It's over. By the way, I just got, you asked me a question uh, during the break, and you asked me, was it $10 million bond, and he posted $1 million bail? Was it $9 million in assets? No, it was one or the other. $10 million bond ah. or $1 million All bail. right, so the bail is actually a $1 million yes. in this case. Yes, Uh Fair enough. Okay, we're going to come back, and uh, your chance to win $1,000. All right, Jennifer Jones Lee. Could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher man The only boy Oh, yeah. There you go. Songs of my graduation year. We've done that all week, and we'll be doing that uh, throughout the rest of uh, the morning. My commencement speech, my annual commencement speech to the graduating class, high school class of 2018, will come up at the bottom of the hour. And probably one of the most exciting moments in the history of the 25 years that this show has been broadcasting. Yep, today it's over. Here's your chance to win $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. They call the winner, so you have to answer that call or you lose. Bob in Canyon Country answered the call, and he won $1,000. There's a chance to win every hour, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, getting a little bit more serious, uh, some of the big stories that we're covering. Harvey Weinstein uh, was uh, turned himself in this morning, made his million-dollar bail, even though all of uh, the, uh, the networks are saying it was $10 million bail. It was either a million dollars cash or $10 million worth of assets, and he came up with the cash. I mean, Harvey Weinstein is no poor puppy, that's for sure. And, of course, uh, his attorney came out and said, uh, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. Okay, that's going on, and uh, what uh, I I don't know why I said uh, we were going to do another topic, but uh, I we have to talk about North Korea, and uh, the response that uh, Kim Jong Un made in response to uh, the president yesterday bailing out of the summit uh, June twelfth. So now they're playing ping pong with each other. The president making the statement that the reason I'm canceling is because of what North Korea did. 
North Korea is uh, what North Korea did is a couple of things. Uh, number one, in uh, the destruction of its nuclear testing site, said it was going to have inspectors that would allow international inspectors. Did not change its mind. Had reporters, but certainly not inspectors. And I think the argument is reporters have no idea what's going on. All they see is a bunch of uh, of explosions, and it takes a real expert to know does that explosion really connect to what is going on in terms of destroying the testing site. Also, the uh, in the planning stage in Singapore, U.S. officials uh, were there to, of course, plan with North Korean. I mean, to plan a summit is no small deal. The North Koreans just stood up, the Americans. Never even showed up. And that pissed off, uh, of course, uh, the, the president and the administration, as it should. And then the rhetoric heated up again. And it was back and forth with, once again, Kim Jong-un talking about nuclear capabilities and the president responding, saying, you think you have nuclear capabilities? You know what? My dad can beat up your dad, is basically what they did. Or your mom is so ugly, and it, was, it really was one of those. So how? So uh, the president bails out, and the president is rather conciliatory to the, uh, the leader of North Korea. In the letter that he wrote explaining why he's decided to bail out, well, Kim comes back now saying he's willing to meet with the president at any time, ignoring what he did, ignoring what North Korea did. It sort of didn't happen as far as he's concerned. And uh, the uh, statement comes back, we would like to make uh, known to the U.S. side, once again, we have the intent to sit with the U.S. side to solve problems, regardless of ways, uh, at any time. So what Kim is doing is ignoring everything preceding the president saying, no, thank you, I'm not showing up. What the president is doing is not ignoring what Kim did and said in terms of what happened in Singapore, in terms of the statement that was made. And uh, so uh, Kim is playing his uh, usual total hypocritical uh, act and, and this time pretending, oh, it's you're the one that bailed out. I'm the good guy here. And the president is saying, the reason I'm bailing out is look what you did. And, you're, and what you're doing is undermining what's coming up or what was going to come up on June 12th. Well, the president came out in response to Kim saying, I'll meet you any time. The president is saying, you know what? Maybe June 12th is still going to happen. I mean, it's fascinating stuff. You would not see this with any other president. But at the same time, we've never seen this from the Kim family either. And we've got this is the third generation going down with uh, the Kim family, always uh, at such loggerheads and uh, declaring the United States is the true enemy. I mean, when they talk about war and have led up to the nuclear capabilities and they spend more money. Uh, their GDP, probably other than Israel, in terms of uh, their defense and their ability to create war uh, than any other country in the world, I would guess it's right up at the top for sure. And uh, it's all about defending themselves against America. That's what it's about. Nothing more, nothing less. So uh, we'll see if this goes on. We'll see if the, uh, the summit actually happens. Actually, I hope so. Just the entertainment factor. We've got uh, Kim's haircut to talk about. We have uh, the suits that he's going to wear. You know, those Mao suits? 
Uh, Very what, ill-fitting on him, uh, by really, the way. Uh, well, anything would be ill-fitting on him. I mean, he's not, he doesn't have the kind of body that you can say, boy, that <laughs> those clothes look good on this guy. And, uh, of course, the food that's going to be uh, going to be offered, there's a big topic right there, which, of course, we will do because we always default to food. All right, coming up, my commencement speech. Every year I invite myself to uh, give a commencement speech because no one else would ever invite me. And so this will be to the graduating class, high school class of 2018. And we'll do that as soon as we come back. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please take your seats. Our commencement speaker today is a giant of broadcasting, a giant jerk, a man who is also a revolutionary attorney who has attended Harvard and Yale to buy a ham and cheese baguette in their cafes. His law school is so prestigious that it is now defunct. Those of you who use hearing aids may wish to adjust them to account for the talking while mouthful factor. Please welcome your commencement speaker, William Wolf Handel Esquire. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Please. Please sit down. Please. No, no, please. Thank you for the honor. Please. Please. Ladies and gentlemen, and the high school graduating class of 2018. I thank you for the honor of uh, this commencement speech. Uh, it is actually the second time I've uh, been invited uh, by a school. Uh, the first time was uh, to a technical school in Riverside. Uh, that was a computer class. They graduated, and it was six Iranian kids. And I am not kidding. So to be talking to you, the graduating class of 2018, the high school graduating class of 2018, is truly a great honor. Now, uh, usually I have given commencement speeches, uh, which, and I've gotten a lot of flack for this, uh, effectively saying it doesn't matter what you do, whether you work or go to school, uh, you ha- will have no life and you will live in a dumpster for the rest of your life. Uh, I've done speeches like that to give you a reality check on life. Today, I'm going to also give you uh, a reality check. And uh, it's dis- a decision that you have to make in terms of your future. And either decision is either a good one or a bad one. And I'm very serious about this. Today, your choices are to, of course, uh, simply 
finish high school, which you have done, and then go into uh, the world of employment, which is very tough. As high school graduates with truly no marketable skills, uh, the jobs you would get, although there are many that are out there, so you will be employed, demand virtually no skills, and you earn virtually no money. We're talking about jobs, uh, health care jobs, uh, jobs in the fast food, the restaurant industry, uh, while you get free food, which is very important, you don't get much of a future, which is just as important. And so I'm going to talk about choices that you have. And there are two big choices. Both make a lot of sense. And that is, do you go and get a, an associate's degree, a two-year degree? Uh, do you go forward and obtain a bachelor's degree? Or do you take advantage of uh, the fact that today, if you go to vocational school and uh, get either a certificate, and I'm talking about a certificate after six months of training, uh, or a two-year certificate, which many junior college, uh, many junior colleges or community colleges offer. Those are some choices. So what I want to do is spend a moment talking about just figures, and I don't often do this, but I'm going to give you some statistics, which I think are very important relative to your future. But before I do that. I would like to take a moment and uh, not only relax, have a cup of coffee, but also uh, you can listen to some commercials. Jennifer Jones Lee, would you like to share some news with us? Ladies and gentlemen, please retake your seats. A man whose greatest life's achievement is coming back from this break on time. To continue his commencement address, the Right Honorable William Wolf Handel Esquire. Oh, come on, John. You can do better than that. With the sound effects, please. You have to just, let's try that again, and you have to bring it down, okay? Do a, let's do the applause again. better. Thank you so much for welcoming me welcoming me again to uh, this commencement speech. As I said before I took uh, my uh, bathroom uh, ham and cheese and um, coffee break, uh, I said to you, uh, the choices that you have, you have three or four, and one of which is terrible, and that is simply remaining uh, or graduating high school and then entering the workforce. Uh, because the jobs are so few and uh, the potential is so little. However, where do you go? Do you go to college? And at this point, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, private college today, tuition approaches $50,000. That doesn't count room and board. And there is an excellent chance that you would be in debt for a lot of money by the time you get out of college and then begin your work life. 
If you go to a state college, as I did, one of the finest state colleges in the entire country, Cal State University, Northridge. The tuition, of course, is far lower, but there's still debt, as I had student debt, as I borrowed money. And do you make more money? Over a lifetime, you make more money, or you used to make more money. So here are some stats. Average income for simply a high school graduate, $35,000 a year. With an associate's degree, $41,000 a year. With a bachelor's degree, uh, almost $60,000 a year. However, that does not take into account the fact that you're borrowing money and you're behind other people in the workforce that are four years ahead of you. One of the things uh, about going to law school, and I had many friends that went to law school later on, is they would always be behind those that graduated early. And that you have taken it into account because of the partner track, simply because they're ahead of the game. And you have to take that into account, which very few people think about. And so do you go to vocational school? Do you take a trade? And trades, you can spend anywhere from six months to probably a couple of years learning a trade. We're talking about welding, uh, HVAC, uh, that's air conditioning and heating uh, installation and repair. The construction trades, which are very hot right now, those go up and down. The average income for the trades, highly skilled trades, is about $48,000. So clearly... That isn't nearly as much as architecture and engineering. That's the top of the list at $85,000 average income for an architect or an engineer. But that also involves four years of a hard science degree in architecture. There's a couple of more years. It is a bitch getting those degrees. I could never do that. It takes uh, the kind of dedication that very few of us have. So uh, computers. Mathematics, $80,000 a year. Then we go down, uh, education, teacher, makes less than someone working in the trades. Psychology and social work, less than someone working in the trades. Humanities and any liberal arts, just a touch more. The point is, does it make more sense for you to take a vocational track than it does going to college? I have two daughters, and the kind of advice they asked me, if they were ever to ask me for advice, because of course they wouldn't, Dad, where? what do I do? Do I go to college? Do I find a trade? And realistically today, I would say you're probably better off finding a trade, because the other thing that people don't recognize or don't take into account that your job, for example, here, to be a at the radio station that I work at, KFI. So people come in and they're salaried. And uh, the salary isn't very much, but that's only because it's uh, in media. But even if it was a reasonable salary, it's a salary. In the trades, it's 40 hours a week plus overtime. That's never considered. And overtime can be a fortune. Now we're talking about the income just growing like crazy. How do I know that you have to look at trades? Because I have doctor friends of mine 
who tell their children, do not become a doctor. Find something else. I have lawyer friends of mine when the kids want to follow their parents in the legal world. Do not become a lawyer. The money is nothing like it used to be. The amount of uh, hours you work is astronomical. The work is so hard that it is, in my opinion, an easier choice to make. So here are your choices. And I'm going to end my speech with that, not only because I have uh, very little more to say, but we're almost up to the timeline where I have to once again go to commercials. And that is... You have a tough choice. Do you go to college and in debt for a very long time? Do you take a trade where you're not in debt and you can make more money? And then the last of it, and we go, and I want to do a full circle here, is, and you've heard this many times before, is find your passion. You've heard that. I don't know how many people find their passion, but you want to do a job you just like. And if you work with your hands and your parents want you to go to, uh, to college, you tell your parents, stick it where the sun don't shine. There is nothing wrong with going to vocational school. And I know that's easy to say. I mean, that's a sop. But the reality is today there really is a future in not going to college and going to vocational school like there has never been before. So, to my kids, auto repair. You make very good money. You still use computers. When you change tires, your hands get dirty. But that's why God invented antibacterial soap. Thank you very much. And this is KFI AM 640. KFI and KOST 2 Los Angeles, Orange County. And iHeart Radio Station. KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handel here. Time for a Leo Laporte tech segment. And uh, Leo, uh, let's get right into it. Uh, there's going to be a new Apple keyboard coming out. It's, well, uh, we hope so. <laughs> because the current ones are so awful. You, you're a, Your producer, Alex, told me uh, that she, has, she just bought a, a MacBook Pro. And it's got this new, they call them the butterfly keys. They put them out in 2016. They revised it 2017. And now there's a class action lawsuit because these keyboards fail at a much higher rate. They're very, uh, I don't like to type on them. They're, some people do, but most people do not like them. And when they go out of warranty, which they do in a year, it's a $700 repair. Wait a minute. A, a keyboard is $30. I know. In what fact, I, most keyboards. What am I missing here? In the old days, you could pry the keys off, blow a little compressed air in there, get the 
breadcrumbs out and it'd work. But these keyboards, because they're making the computers, the laptops so thin now, they're making these keyboards with less key travel, which I, you know, I find hard to type on. It's like you're stubbing your fingers. And there's no way to get underneath the keys. So if something gets in there, you can't get in there and clean it out. Apple hasn't said anything, but there's really a strong drumbeat saying to Apple, A, you've got to fix the existing ones. And B, Apple, you know, in about two weeks, Jan June 4th, Apple's got its big uh, uh, worldwide developers conference. That's usually where Apple announces new laptops. Is I'm almost certain they'll announce new laptops. Everybody is just crossing their fingers that Apple, well, except for Alex, that Apple releases a new <laughs> new keyboard yeah. because these laptops are terrible. And uh, well, first of all, I had, I had no idea she could even afford that because I know how much money she makes, <laughs> uh, and that is mind-boggling. When it comes to, when it comes to uh, keyboards, when it comes to laptops. Uh, I, I, there are no great innovations coming out. It has to be in terms of speed. Well, isn't it funny? Look at these keyboards that we have. They're, they're, they were invented in the 19th century. But now we're this is an example of how uh, a technology can get so entrenched in the way we work that we're, we're stuck with these, you know, until voice assistants take over. And even then, I don't think they do as well as uh, solid. Even if you're going to write, you're going to use a keyboard, right? You're not going to dictate. So uh, we're stuck with them. And, and you're right, we've talked before about how there really hasn't been a lot of innovation. Apple, especially, is fairly far behind. They still uh, sell a, a, a laptop. It's actually the, the last one with a good keyboard with a processor from four years ago. So, uh, you know, it's time to update some of these computers. I bought the last Mac Pro in 2013. What year is it now, Bill? Yeah. And they, and they say they're not going to have a new one until 2019. So I'm I'm a little. But even if it comes out, let's say it comes out and uh, they don't do this crazy keyboard. All right, uh, how much faster? How much more memory? How much thinner is it going to be five years later? Well, that's the, that's what's happening with with computers versus things like tablets and phones. Um, the people who still use computers are looking for power. They're either gamers, they're doing video, they're uh, designing rocket ships. So what we are seeing is is increasing power, better battery life, uh, and and better screens. So there are there actually on on computers, I think there's more uh, more of an improvement uh, than there is typically on a on a smartphone year to year. So I am hopeful that Apple and they really do need to update these. But you're you're right in some respects. It doesn't it doesn't seem like you need a faster computer. How old is your day to day computer? Uh, I actually use an iPad. Uh, yeah, and there you go. Uh, that's it. And my phone. Those are the two. There you go. Uh, you see? You that's see? It. That's what I use. You see what I'm saying? People don't buy them anymore, but when they do, they typically don't buy them as often as they used to. And of course, that's been a problem too. You know who's really innovating? It's not Apple. It's the the PC manufacturers. You look at even Microsoft themselves are doing some really interesting, innovative designs. And Apple, which used to be the company everybody copied. It's kind of stuck in the past. Oh, yeah, so nice. we're very interested what what will happen in uh, in a couple of weeks, June fourth. Yeah. I keep new laptops. I, I keep up with computers via my daughter, the gamer. And she uses them, right? She's oh, a gamer. She oh, needs she, them. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. She has. And a, she, you ask her, she'll say, "Oh no, Dad, I have to have the new GPU, the she, new video card. I have actually, to have it." She's actually pretty good about that uh, because I, uh, we bought her, uh, and it was her birthday uh, for the next sixteen years. We bought her uh, the Blasto 5000, uh, I told you, Alienware. I mean, just crazy. Nice, nice. And she just brought, as a matter of fact, she just uh, bought a water-cooled heat sink <laughs> that, take, that takes up half of her bedroom. Go. 
There you go. <laughs> you know why you can't? It's so expensive nowadays to get graphics cards. Is Bitcoin miners are 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 soaking up all of the graphics cards anybody can make, and the, so the cost of these things has doubled and tripled. Uh, I don't know if she's noticed it yet, but uh, maybe that's why. She oh, really? Why, why would she yeah. notice it when all she does is borrow my credit card? <laughs> dad, dad, dad might notice it. <laughs> really, she's got a water-cooled gaming rig in her bedroom. Yeah, she just bought the water-cooled wow. system around it. Uh, actually, why would you ever come out? Uh, oh, she doesn't. Oh, she, <laughs> she'll come home. I won't see her for three days. When yeah. I when I do see her, she smiles at me and goes, "Dad, I got to go to work." And she goes up. She goes upstairs. She's in her room. And three days oh, later, she's making videos. Is she making no, videos? No, she's just gaming and has subscribers. Nice. And she's actually monetizing it. Oh, she is making videos. She's doing Twitch. No, yeah, she's on Twitch. But all she's doing is playing the games on Twitch. Oh, nice. And uh, her thing—that's what you think. Uh, yeah. Have and, you asked her it, what she's doing on Twitch? Yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious. And what she does. You know, there when women play games, there are a couple. Oh, of, yeah. Either they're super players, which aren't that many, right. Uh, right. because all it's all Korean guys who are the top of the list. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, then there are women that do a lot of TNA. You know, they look good. And mm -hmm. uh, Pamela is a slob when she ch <laughs> when she changes. She's the she, former oh, of the former persuasion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she, when she changes, and I ask her, I go, "What are you doing? You're going from slob to slob," and. But what she does is because she is funny, she is witty, she is... That's what... that you got to be entertaining. And she is very dark. Oh, that's Very, funny. very dark. i got to watch her. What's uh, her... You don't know her Twitch channel. I do though. know. It's uh, Pretty Poison 105. <laughs> that's her name. Pretty Poison 105 at Twitch. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna check her out. Yeah, what, she's, she's playing Overwatch? What is she playing these oh, days? Oh, I know. She plays all, just tons of games. All the games. Yeah, she does. All yeah. right. Uh, now I have to go and scream at her and call her. Leave a message. She'll call me back in three days. Right. Leo, take care. Thank you. Nice to talk to you, All right, Bill. we'll talk again. KFI AM 640. KFI handle here on a Friday, May 25th. So many stories we're covering and uh, that is uh, Donald Trump uh, this morning is uh, now has to respond to the response that Kim Jong-un gave him after Donald Trump responded to Kim Jong-un and canceled the summit. Very complicated. Uh, and then Harvey Weinstein is the biggest news today. Uh, he turned himself in. He was in handcuffs, posted bond and uh, accused of rape. I mean, some serious felonies. Okay. And here we go. Yeah, celebration time. And why is that? Because uh, last day of our contest, and here is how you can win $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. The winner's notified with a phone call. You've got to answer it like Michael in Riverside did. He won $1,000. Your next chance to win an hour from now. All right, yesterday, Donald, uh, the president, did something uh, uh, very interesting, unusual, and... Uh, it's something that politically uh, he did that I think legitimately should have been done during the 
Obama years. And I think there was a lot of politics involved in which uh, President Obama did not do that. I don't know why, but I'll talk it in a minute. Uh, talk about it in a minute. And that has to do with boxing champion Jack Johnson. I don't know if you've ever heard of Jack Johnson. If you've ever heard the phrase, the great white hope. The great white hope were white boxers that were put up to compete with Jack Johnson to fight him. He was the heavyweight champion of the world. And we're talking in the turn of last century, 1907, 1908, and no one could touch him. And in those days, there actually were segregated fights. You had African-Americans who fought each other and could never really fight for the championship of the world, the world heavyweight championship, because, well, black people simply weren't allowed. Segregation was, of course, across the board. Well, what happened was Jack Johnson was such an extraordinary boxer that, in fact, he was put up. He actually fought, and he was undefeated. He beat the crap out of the other boxers, and there was a lot of racism. And so white boxers were uh, literally put up against him over and over again, and he beat all of them. So why, why a pardon yesterday of Jack Johnson? Because he was convicted of something called the Mann Act. The Mann Act was passed, I think, in 1910, and it the law said that taking any woman over state lines for the purposes of enslavement or debauchery was a felony. He was convicted. Why? Because he took a woman over state lines for debauchery. The fact that he married her later on means nothing. So what's the big deal? They were white women. That's what was the big deal. Jack Johnson was involved with white women and lots of them. And he was, as they called him in those days, a Negro. Actually, they went beyond that in calling him. Uh, but it was, there was so much hatred, and he just shoved it right in their faces over and over again. So he was convicted of the man act, did a year in jail. And uh, he threw it all in their faces. He would drive these Stutz Bearcats and wear, and uh, the fact that he's dating white women, do it in such a way as not to simply date them. It would take them out in the most ostentatious ways and go to the, the nightclubs and effectively say, look at me and you can go stuff it. Well, obviously offended a lot of people. So there's been a movement uh, to pardon him for the Mann Act. Now, keep in mind, this was uh, when he was convicted. I think it was 1912. And it just hasn't been done, even though year after year after year, family and supporters. Barack Obama was asked. He considered pardoning uh, Jack Johnson. Now, was it because Barack Obama is also African-American and didn't want to get into the politics of this? I have no idea. But the president yesterday officially pardoned him posthumously. That's a great, that was a great thing that he did because Jack Johnson certainly uh, was the, uh, 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 the person that was, well, as many African-Americans are saying, they look to him as being one of the early champions of, uh, of the black American cause. In this case, it was boxing. Now, this was way before we're talking about modern boxers. Uh, doesn't matter if they're black, doesn't matter if they're white. Matter of fact, some of the greatest ones, Mar uh, Rocky Marciano was white. Muhammad Ali, uh, Floyd, uh, Sonny Liston, 
Patterson, uh, Merriwe- Mayweather, right? Floyd Mayweather. I mean, obviously all black, so today it's no big deal. In those days, it was extraordinary. And co- the community, the white community, wanted him, and they got him on the Man Act. And it's, it's I, I, I don't know when the last time the Man Act was used. It's still in play, by the way. It's still the law. It would just have a hard time today uh, convicting someone for bringing a woman over state lines, a white woman. It probably wouldn't fly constitutionally. So the pardon went down yesterday. Good for Trump for doing that. Want a fun fact sure. on Jack Johnson? Yes. Jack Johnson is the inspiration for which uh, character in a popular boxing movie? Uh, Han Solo. Well, no. No. Uh, Rocky played played Apollo Creed. Oh, that was Jack Johnson is the inspiration for Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies. Oh, according to Sylvester Stallone. Sure didn't look like him. Sure didn't look like him. And certainly Apollo Creed didn't go to jail. But okay, I mean, I never. That's just just it's a sort of a black boxer. Could have been. It was like his personality. uh, Could have been Muhammad Ali. Could have been. Uh, yeah. Because that's sort of the same personality. But they said it was like the over-the-top charisma and stuff that he fair, had. Fair enough. And Muhammad didn't have that, right? That's- Ali. But it's okay. I would have gone with uh, Ali. But it doesn't matter. Point is that the pardon happened yesterday. And that is, I I think it's so important that that happened. All right. Coming up, Handle on the News, late edition. It is a super segment. KFI AM 640. There is Jennifer. Handle on the News. Late edition. Handle on the news. How in God's name do you listen to this crap all day long? And now, here's Bill Handle. All right. Uh, It's Friday, KFI, May 25th. So much is going on. We uh, did a video because today is the last day. As a matter of fact, 20 after uh, next hour, we're going to give away our last $1,000. Oh, well, no. not of the day, right? We have but two of more the days. show. We have two, uh, 9.30. That'll be our last one of on the this show, show. And then all right. the way through 7, and then I guess no it's more It's over. Today that. it's it, and uh, we have uh, we just did a video, which is not yet up, and I'll announce when it does. Uh, and it's going to be, it's a lot of fun, this one. Uh, every time we finish, I do something with our sign that's shoved in my face to remind me. All right, also, uh, please donate to help the American Red Cross Initiative to get prepared California your $400 donation, you and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers with all the KFI hosts and crew, plus unlimited sky slide rides during an exclusive evening at the OUE Sky Space in downtown L.A. You have to be 21 years old or older. 100% of the proceeds will benefit the American Red Cross Get Prepared California campaign. Tickets are limited. For details, log on to KFIAM640.com, and the keyword is Mixer. All right, super segment. Let's do it. Handle on the news, late edition. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. Late story. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore. Two big stories today Donald Trump and Harvey Weinstein. So let's start with Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump now says uh, thank you to Kim Jong un for his promising response to Donald Trump, who. Canceled the summit in response to Kim Jong-un's statements and activities. And now uh, he is saying, good for you. Thank you. 
And maybe we're still going to have this uh, this summit happening on June 12th. We're talking to them now. Here's what he said. We're going to see what happens. We're talking to them now. Uh, it was a very nice statement they put out. We'll see what happens. Very nice statement. No, no, we'll see what happens. It could even be the 12th. Does does this make one of them look better than the other, or do they both look now equally bad or equally good? Both. I think uh, they're as, they, the China. If it were the Chinese, they'd be playing ping pong, and so they're now playing the Korean American version of ping pong, whatever the hell that is. Uh, maybe they throw barbecue at each other or kimchi at each other. Uh, who the hell knows? But we'll see if it's, it, it still has a chance of going. I think. Uh, both Kim Jong-un and the president, I think, want this to happen because they both have a lot to gain. A lot to gain. And God forbid, do we have a lot to gain? Well, I don't think uh, I take it seriously that uh, North Korea is going to, to attack. I don't think they're going to attack South Korea. I think I think it's all bluster, uh, my opinion. Uh, and one thing about Donald Trump, uh, which he said, two things. One is we have massive nuclear capabilities that the North uh, Koreans can't even touch, which is true. And does anybody doubt for a second that if North Korea were to invade South Korea, which is how the Korean War started, uh, do you think that the president would be would have a measured response and take his time and think about it? Nope. I think it's done. It's balls to the wall, which is exactly what will happen with the first explosion. Uh, and someone steps on a landmine. Okay. Our other big story you mentioned, Harvey Weinstein, formally charged this morning with sex crimes, including rape in New York. Oh. Wearing handcuffs. Yeah. Kind of winced a little bit when they were reading the allegations or charges against him. Yeah, these were serious charges. Yeah, you could tell he was uncomfortable this morning. Uh, yep. And on his way in, of course, uh, the reporters were so gracious about it, uh, just calmly asking him questions. You know, at what point do reporters simply get in front of someone and not let them pass? Have you ever seen that happen, Jen? They do it a lot. And yeah. simply, and they just don't let you pass. Yeah, they just try and stop you. And you you or your attorney have to kind of push them out of the way. And then they're like, oh, you can't touch us. Oh, it's very dramatic. It's like when you get fouled in basketball and you go down hard. To make it look worse than it really was. That's exactly what these reporters do. And he made his million dollars bail. Mm-hmm. And uh, as uh, we discussed, actually, you came, uh, and thank you for answering the question, because uh, you have CNN and Fox and everybody reporting that it was a $10 million bail. And he came up with a million dollars. And how did that happen? Yeah, the judge asked for either a $10 million bond or pay $1 million cash bail. He paid the bail. And uh, has to wear an ankle monitor and had to turn over his passport, but can go back and forth between Connecticut and New York. You think he could go from New York to Los Angeles, but it's only Connecticut and New York, probably because he has someplace uh, that he lives. And I'm assuming his attorneys are in New York. And so they want to make it as easy as possible. Yeah, they actually had a very minor issue of extradition. Seriously, where they said it's not necessary to extradite him from Connecticut to New York for this charge. That's true. Uh, And Rose McGowan said uh, she is very, well, she's happy, but also shocked. And it's been a long time coming. She was one of the original accusers of Harvey Weinstein. And she said, I have a visceral need for him to have handcuffs on. And so he did. I can say that. 
Well, I can see yeah, uh, sure. a, a, a woman because uh, and the law lo- and the farther back the incident took place, the longer she has to live with it. And if it really has affected her, uh, then you're talking about someone's lived with grief for a very long for time. 20 years yeah. in her case. Well, the Senate has passed a bill to change how Congress deals with sexual harassment claims. Because up until now, there had been this 90-day waiting period that allowed people to, like, you had to, it was a mandatory 90-day waiting period if you were trying to seek either civil action or something on a claim of sexual harassment. Now you can go do that immediately. You don't have to wait. And if a member of Congress is uh, asked to settle a case, uh, they have to pay it back personally. personally. And by the way, it's not only sexual harassment. That's because what's in the headlines. It covers other kinds of workplace discrimination claims that could happen as well. So, in other words, it was really hard to get justice if a congressperson mistreated you. Oh, when you talk about uh, a position of power, a congressperson to anybody, any staffer whatsoever, all the way from chief of staff all the way down to interns. Just that 90-day waiting period. Imagine the amount of um, pressure that they would put on you to yeah, not, report. not report something. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, another shooting at a school, this time at a middle school in Indiana. Uh, Jen, you have the latest, I believe? Two injured critically and one person in custody after the shooting. But they're they're staying they're keeping all of the details um, pretty quiet this morning. And uh, but again, two critically injured at first. It looked like maybe just minor injuries. But now the injuries look worse than reported. They're not even telling us that they were shot. That is not in the story. I mean, this you're, you they're keeping it close to the vest unless at least this story. Uh, from, I know it says two people were injured, but it's not a, clear if they right. were wounded by that's gunfire. From, that's from KTLA. Uh, so do we have anything else? I, no, they? in fact, the wording that I have specifically, at least two people have been badly hurt in a shooting at a middle school I mean, obviously, in we have to assume that it was the, the shooting that caused the injury. Right. Oh, a crematorium had a little bit of a malfunction and spewed people into the air. Oh, there you are. Uh, but the door wouldn't close. It yeah, opened up and door. out come parts. Well, actually, ashes. That and, had human remains in them. Yeah. Well, those are ashes. Well, the, and, well you know what I mean. Yes. Now, uh, I love this story. Uh, the fire extinguishing, uh, extinguishing system did activate. And uh, so the chemicals then combined with the ashes and... Uh, the uh, fire captain said, uh, you don't want to breathe the agent if at all possible. It, it can be very dangerous. It's okay just to breathe regular people's ashes. Without a chemical agent, go right ahead and you know, suck that up in your nostrils. The other part, too, this whole plume apparently went straight to the mall nearby. Fantastic. Oh. Well, uh, in Nebraska, a traffic stop resulted in the seizure of enough fentanyl to kill about 26 million people. You know, first they thought they had found cocaine, a bunch of cocaine. Because it's white also. And yeah, imagine when they realized it was all fentanyl. And that's hazmat time. Oh, God, yeah. You can't, if you get near it, you it, by osmosis, it's a tiny little bit touches your skin. You can die of an overdose. Uh, it's, uh, it's crazy stuff. Uh, two milligrams uh, is a lethal dosage. 
How, look at how much two milligrams is. It's nothing. Nothing. Wow. It's a little dot of fentanyl. And they found 120 pounds of this stuff. Because aren't those sweetener packets, aren't those a gram? Yes. So but this how much is sweetener two one-thousandths of, of one of those will kill you. Right. And when we talk about a gram, probably 90% of that is filler. Right. And the this actual is- sweetening uh, aspect of that is just a tiny little bit. And so imagine the tiniest amount or what 120 pounds really means. It's, it's, I don't think there's ever been uh, a, uh, an issue like this. I don't think there's ever been a drug bust where this much fentanyl was ever found. I don't think so either. Whoa, that missile looks really cool. Now the trucks don't work. They just make yeah, you this one is uh, mind-boggling as well as mind-altering. Well, yeah, well done. Yes, some U.S. troops who are guarding nuclear missiles apparently took LSD, according to some Air Force records. Yeah, a yeah. lot. And bought it and sold it. Yeah, 14 airmen were disciplined. Six were convicted and uh, court-martialed for their use of LSD or distribution or both. Yeah. All right. And you can do some very strange things on LSD. You really don't want the guys who guard the missiles to be on LSD. Now, they claim they weren't using it while on duty. But how do you know? Yeah, you know. Still conduct unbecoming. Uh, the bullet train, as the costs go up, the support for continuing to pay for it goes down. Now, this is a real interesting poll. The public still likes the bullet train, but they're questioning uh, the payment of the bullet train, which is very unusual because usually Californians are fine with spending as many tax dollars for anything uh, that is on the table. Now, maybe because the numbers are so huge where, uh, you know, I mean, this is getting so expensive. And I think the fact that it just multiplies. Oh, yeah. It just keeps on going and going. It's the Energizer Rabbit train is what it is. It just will never stop. Actually, it's the opposite. The Energizer Bunny keeps going and going. This is a train that will never be going. Well, we're talking about the costs keep oh, going Oh, the costs going. keep going. Yes. That's where the Energizer Rabbit is. Well, OPEC and Russia might soon be giving the world more oil. And they have to. Yes, and this is because of what you were talking about yesterday when it came to Venezuela and just the collapse there and the fact that that country, you know, 90% of it is oil, 90% of it's... um, Their infrastructure is basically gone. Right. No maintenance, no money for any additional exploration, mainly the maintenance where the uh, production facilities are just collapsing and therefore the production of oil is collapsing. Now, the problem is that, and also Iran, because the sanctions are back on the table, and the biggest sanction against Iran is its ability to sell oil. And now you have two producers of oil that are off the table. And keep in mind, the production of oil is at 99% of the demand of oil. There rarely is a glut, although there has been recently. And uh, so now oil prices keep going up and up and up, as you know. And Saudi Arabia, which really is the 800-pound gorilla when it comes to OPEC, uh, They realize, and they know and have for a long time, the more expensive oil is, uh, the less, of course, it's used, supply and demand, which means that the less money they're going to get because so so many fewer companies, countries are going to be buying the oil. So they want to find that sweet spot. 
and they want to make sure that it doesn't go much higher than it is right now. Right now, we're sort of the top edge of what is financially viable and still keep vibrant economies going. And so you go beyond that and you have, uh, you know, there's some issues with the world economy. Men can get to Mars faster than women can get to Venus? This is a man's oh, very good. Very good. Uh, this is a study out of uh, UCSB. This is a man's And they got a bunch of people to navigate uh, an electronic maze on a computer. And they say the results are men are better navigators than women. Yeah, we needed a study for that? I I want to. Really? Yes, we needed a study really? because I wouldn't assume study? it. Men are better drivers than women. Oh, really? We now need a that study one, for I that? totally disagree This is not with. about driving. This is but about navigating. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. I, I got to agree, though, with the navigation. I look at a map and I'm like, what? What? Uh, and I get on Siri real fast. Men yeah. were more likely to take Gotta shortcuts and get to the goal location faster than the women. Women were more likely to follow a route they already knew and <laughs> wander, according to uh, Alexander Boone, the lead oh, yeah. author of the study up there at UCS. Could have told you that before the study. I asked okay. for directions the other day, and somebody said, well, oh, they were trying to give it to me. And I said, I, I think I need some locators. And they said, go to the SoCal Chevy and then turn left and go past Trader Joe's. I'm like, oh, I know exactly how to get there. But if you would ask me, like, go north, south, east, west, turn, uh, forget it. Yeah. And, and, and the kids today, it's all Waze and it's all Google Maps. Yeah. If, you know what they say the difference is? And this is where the author said this honestly could have something to do with men and boys play more video games. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That's than sure. women and girls, <laughs> and they get a more of a facility for this. Do you remember the Thomas Brothers maps? Oh, gosh. You, yeah. actually, sure. had to, you actually had to read a map in yeah. those days? Today, if a battery runs out on a cell phone, done. Done. My kids will have... I've actually had uh, Barbara call Marjorie and say, my battery is out. I don't know how to get home. Where are you? I don't know. What street are you on? I don't know. Well, you want to find out because that's where you live now. (laughs) As a female millennial, I agree with all of this. That's totally me. I can't at all. It's hard. All right, George Zimmerman, he has to use a public defender in his stalking case. Because the guy says he's $2.5 million in debt and had zero income. How do you get $2.5 million in debt? I have no idea. I guess if you're unemployable... You have to start uh, racking up the nope. credit card charges and other things. Two and a half million dollars. Uh, yeah, I don't know how. He, I don't know how he did it. Yeah, the, the trick is not that he's bankrupt. We can understand that, and the, and and the fact that he's unemployable. I get that. Does he have any judgments against him from his various encounters with other people? Because so, he was he, you know, he yeah. was found not guilty or acted yeah. in self defense well, with Trayvon Martin. But that's yeah, that's criminally. So anyway, and, yeah, but I don't think so. And this one, he he is accused of stalking. The uh, private investigator who was going after him to for like some movie that they were going right, to do documentary about his life. film. Uh, well, uh, remember Rachel Dolezal, the oh. woman who said she was black but apparently right. was not. Well, she's been charged with welfare fraud. Also, she's not Rachel Dolezal anymore. She legally changed her name in 2016 to Nikechi Diallo. Everybody hated this woman because. She pretended to be something she was not. She could have easily, if she's a white woman who, of course, took on a black culture, and she said, 
that I really am black and pretended she was black. And I think when the university found out, they dumped her, didn't they? Yeah. They yeah. threw her out of her position. Her whole life. And fell all apart. she had to say was, I'm white, but I now associate with, I consider myself culturally black. Conversation over. No, she had to say she was black. And uh, I remember how, just come on, you know, are you that ashamed of being white? So, anyway, it was the, it was the hypocrisy. And Governor Jerry Brown this week made a statement a lot of people oh, come went, on. what? He said California University should be more like Chipotle. Like Chipotle and shut down for weeks at a time. Here's his quote. I have, to, I have to read the quote. Yeah, the quote's right. the best. What I like about Chipotle is the limited menu. Uh, you stand in line, get either brown rice or white rice. He likes brown rice. Uh, black beans or pinto beans. You put a little cheese, a little of this, a little of that, uh, a little of E. coli, a little of salmonella. Am I misreading that? Yeah, he didn't say that. And then you're out of there. I think that's the model some of our universities need to follow. Huh? He thinks there there are too many courses at the universities, and if they would pare it down, more people would graduate. A limited menu concept is what he wants at universities. Yeah, that... uh, Speaking that, that of fast make food, a lot of sense, but okay. Uh, investors in McDonald's voted down a plan that would have had the company study what business risks are associated with using plastic straws. It's not that easy being green. And the reason they voted it down because McDonald's had already uh, declared it's going to get rid of its plastic straws, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Whether it makes sense financially or doesn't make sense financially, it has decided it's going to do recyclable straws. It's moot, and they couldn't. They yeah. can't phase them out any faster than right. they're already planning. You ever to. used uh, the non-plastic straws, the cardboard straws? Yeah. They go to mush. You have to suck up that drink really quickly, or you're sucking up little tiny bits of cardboard, and it becomes a gritty drink. That's disgusting. All right, we're done, guys. Uh, John Thomas with uh, the Thomas Guy. Uh, you think we have enough to talk about Don- Donald Trump for this week? KFI AM 640. Time for the Thomas Guide to all things political. John Thomas on the Bill Handel Show. We are more ready than we have ever been before. Well, we'll see what happens. I hope uh, that we'll continue onward. We'll see. here on a uh, Friday, May 25th, and of course the big stories that we're covering are uh, Harvey Weinstein turns himself in this morning, and uh, he is being accused of and uh, will be charged with rape charges. This is the criminal part of the Harvey Weinstein story. So he came in and they put him in handcuffs, and uh, he made bail, million dollar bail, so it's sort of in and out. And he put up a million dollars in cash. What if he brought it in singles? In a bunch of suitcases. Just to say, hey, here's my money. I think the court would be thrilled with that. I'm assuming he writes a check. And maybe a cashier's check. I'm surprised he's still that liquid. That we were talking about that, John. And that is, here's a guy who, whatever stock he owned in Miramax, is worthless. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, Miramax sold for a fraction of his value. And the company split up. Yeah. He's kicked out. Yeah. So I'm assuming that if he invested wisely, because he made, I mean, unbelievable amounts of money, 
he has all the assets in the world. Because think about this. A million dollars in cash plus what do you think his attorneys are getting? Right. Uh, his civil attorneys, now a criminal attorney, who sounded great this morning, incidentally. I was pretty impressed with him. Okay. And uh, now uh, the other huge stories going on is uh, the tit-for-tat that Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un are getting into. Oh, before that. Oh, good Lord. Bill. Yes. It's Free Movie Friday. Yes, it's it back is. With Adam Tickets. They're giving you a chance to win free tickets. So text them now. Text the word reporter to Adam1. That's A-T-O-M-1 for your chance to win. Standard data and text messaging rates apply. You know what's good about John doing this? Uh, no, that's true. I don't have to. Well said, Alex. But also the excitement level that you put into it is thank you. Thank you. terrific. Let me have the, the copy for a minute, okay? Uh, yeah. So I, I'll do Alex it. told okay. me not to give Here this to you, but. It's movie Friday. It's movie, free movie Friday. <laughs> Adam Tickets is back. Chance at free movie tickets. Text them right now if you want. Yeah, it's the app. Okay. <laughs> that really was the most low yeah. energy. You yeah. and Jeb Bush. Right. That's why you're doing uh <laughs> That's why Alex promotion. is like, please read yeah, this yeah. when I walk Okay. Out. So, uh, Donald Trump and uh, Kim Jong-un, fascinating uh, d- display of either uh, pretty good diplomacy, not good diplomacy. Uh, I think it's just a great example of, of diplomatic ping pong mm-hmm. that's going on. I think that's right. So... I, but, but politically, but, who's going to win well, on this? Well, one? but I, either way, it's high stakes for both sides. Uh, I, I do think that this is essentially round two of negotiations. North Korea, I think, understands that they're kind of backed into a corner that they do need to have a sit down. They had a meeting with South Korea. It went well. Um Trump said that, you know, the fact that North Korea was even legitimized by big America saying, hey, we'll meet with you was a big was a big get. Um, And then I think North Korea was concerned about, quite frankly, uh, looking weak in this process. So they have a little bit, you know, they say, hey, we're not going to let you come and dictate the terms. Trump then says, I'm not blinking. Fine. You know, because Trump doesn't want to appear weak. It's just a give and take. The rub here is, though. What's fascinating, Trump's uh, approvals are actually doing much better nationwide than they ever have been. And part of that, a lot of the underlying numbers we've discussed are good, economy and other things. But part of the bump is because a, there, there's been over a 13-point bump with most Americans in the, in the crosstabs of Trump's uh, – how people perceive Trump to do on foreign policy issues, particularly with North Korea. So if that falls apart – possible that those numbers soften as well i don't think if it does fall apart i think the way it's going to be spun and it may or may not be true is that he did everything he could and it was kim jong-un who's at fault because look at why trump said no uh you have uh the situation with uh the destruction of the missile testing site international observers are going to be there didn't happen mm-hmm. they wouldn't let him in they did let international reporters but the argument is what the reporters do they have enough te- technical knowledge experts. right yeah. and then you had a situation where in singapore the americans i'm assuming secret service and state department were there to plan the singapore meeting the north koreans never showed up they just sift them and so now we're pissed off and then you have kim jong-un uh, saying he talked about, uh, even though within this wonderful conversation they're having about North Korea's nuclear capabilities, 
So Trump responds saying, well, first of all, ours is massive and uh, we're going to blow your head off if mm-hmm. you try. Uh, amongst this, uh, in the middle of this great letter he wrote, and then saying, uh, you know, we're done. We're done. And because of what you said, because of what you did, uh, the hostile actions that you took. But you're, does Trump's base leave him over this? Absolutely no. Oh, no. not. No, not, fact, not, not in a million given, years. No, no, he's but, going to be given, if he starts World War III, Trump's base is not <laughs> leaving him. It's a well, question of, uh, is he going to be given a credit for even going there, doing everything that he could? And I think the answer is yes. Time will tell. I, there's a difference. Will the media give him credit? I'm not sure. Obviously, the Fox News of the world will. But, but will the mainstream media give him credit? I think that may be a mixed reaction. Do those swing midterm voters say, hey, Trump did his best on this one? I don't know. Time time will tell on that. I still think that they come back to the table. And if they do sit down and they do work something out, um, it. I think it essentially neutralizes the Mueller investigation attacks and the Russia the Russia story because it, it will balance itself out protecting Trump in the midterms uh, and by the way the midterm numbers for Trump are looking better and better every single day and nope. if and if the house doesn't change hands which if the election were held today it wouldn't if the house doesn't change hands now Democrats won't be able to try to impeach Trump and if they don't do that Trump will be able to drive his agenda and Trump gets reelected in 2020 I mean it's it's and when you're talking about simple. midterm numbers, you're talking about just Republicans winning. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. You you look at these critical seats that the Democrats have to flip. And today, like in Orange County, they don't look like they're flipping. All right. We're going to come back. Uh, oh, and the last time. Our $1,000 giveaway. <laughs> at least here on this show. I'm getting pretty excited about this. Okay. I'm, I'm pitching a tent here. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. be back with that. Uh, gentlemen. <laughs> All right, we are. Maybe Not yet. Not yet. Hold on. We're. I'm, I don't want to make too big a deal about this, but I'm going to make a big deal about this. And are you ready for this, ladies and gentlemen? Last time. Okay, you ready? Here is your chance to win $1,000. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Winners notified with a phone call. You've got to answer it. Leif in Moreno Valley did, and he won $1,000. There's a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. The big stories that we're covering today, uh, Harvey Weinstein turns himself into the New York Police Department, is arrested on charges of rape. Uh, that's pretty serious stuff. He made a million-dollar bail. He is out, and uh, he's looking at some very serious I'm stuff. actually surprised that they did get him on rape charges simply because all the victims that we've seen come forward were from such a long time ago. I think they, uh, he's, I think they got him just within the statute. Uh, there's two women. Two charges that he is uh, being uh, held on, or not being held on anymore. He made was bail. it the potted plant? Was that one of them? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was the potted plant. It's a good question. Okay, 
No, that's excellent. And then North Korea, of course, North Korea now says Kim Jong-un is still willing to meet the president at any time, even after the cancellation, and they're paying, uh, playing ping pong, ping pong, ping pong back and forth. All right. Uh, John Thomas is here with the Thomas Guide, uh, seen on all social media. Now, this story uh, you have uh, a lot of information on because you have connections within the White House, and here specifically the communications team. You probably know about as much as this anybody out there other than people inside. So here is a headline from Politico. Trump demands house cleaning on White House communications team. He house cleans the way I change my underwear every week. <laughs> I don't know which is more disturbing. <laughs> you changing every week. But um, yeah, th- this they are cleaning house. They're essentially removing... In the process of removing almost all the lower-level communications team, they're keeping uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and a couple of the top brass, but they're getting rid of everybody else. And why? It's because Trump is worried about the leaks. You, you heard what? Was it two weeks ago when that uh, one of the they were in a private meeting and uh, comms staffer made a uh, off-color remark about right. Senator McCain, and that immediately was leaked. Well, it turns out originally there were leaks in the White House. It was coming from the West Wing, uh, from the the fight between Kushner and Bannon and uh, Priebus. They were all leaking. Scaramucci for, what, 72 hours or whatever it was. But those guys are essentially gone. So now they still have leaks, and they're pretty confident it's all coming from the comm shop. So it makes sense. You want to clear, uh, clear that. But here's the problem. The actual job of... White House communications is a massive task. They're, the stuff we see at the press briefing every day is just one smidgen of what that press shop controls. That press shop has to be the liaison between all government departments, you know, commerce, the attorney general, um, co- different consulates. I mean, it's, it's a massive job. And then, of course, uh, it, 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 here's, here's, I guess, the fascinating thing, and it, it's more of a tell that Trump could even think that he could cull all of those staff, that Trump doesn't think he needs those staff. That's the biggest tell to me, is that Trump thinks he is the communications director. Well, he is the communications director. And he is, and he is, but I don't think he values all of the other bits and pieces that need to be done by that department. Or even understands it? Um, No, I think he he gets what they should be doing, but he says, look, if they're leaking, they can't be that valuable because they're causing me more harm than they're doing good. And the, the problem you have is they've had this problem consistently with finding communications directors and others, is that seasoned communication pros don't want to work for this White House. And it's not because they may not like the tr- Trump agenda. It's because they can't control their client. And they know that the comms director is the one that gets blamed when you're when, when something bad happens. Right. So when you're talking about or when the uh, Trump is talking about house cleaning in the White House, cleaning it all out uh, – is it fair to say that he doesn't plan on replacing them? No. They, I mean, is that possible? No, no. They do plan to replace them. But the problem is, getting back to my earlier point, is the kinds of people that you can replace them with, they may not be leakers. They might be able to sort that out. But they won't be pros. But they won't be pros. And so part of a good comms team knows where the narrative's going before it goes there. They've seen this cycle play out before. And so they catch problems before they happen. But if you bring in a bunch of people who are rookies, they're just chasing their tail a bunch of the time. 
All right, we're going to take a break, come back, and uh, I want to keep John here uh, and, and talk about the gubernatorial race, because that's fascinating. Well, and I can tell you why all the public polls are dead wrong. Okay. Oh, I can't wait for that one. Uh, KFI AM 640. KFI, panel here on a, a Friday, May 25th. Big stories that we're covering, of course, Harvey Weinstein. Uh, Wed uh, turned himself in this morning. He was in handcuffs in front of the judge, made a million dollar bail, cash bail. He is out and he's looking at two uh, counts of uh, rape and I think forced oral copulation, I think is the other one. And uh, North Korea and um, Kim Jong un and the president are now bouncing back and forth. This thing may actually happen, uh, which is pretty good. Also, I've been playing uh, my graduation. Well, actually, John has. All the bumper music uh, is from the year I graduated, high school. We've been doing that all week. So for those of you that have been listening, which hopefully is a lot of you, because that's your job. <laughs> Let me explain how this works in radio. <laughs> and uh, so that's been a lot of fun. Also, I did my commencement speech this morning at 730. My high school commencement speech. Well, not my high school. To the high school, uh, the high school graduating class of 2018. And uh, you can listen to that on the podcast. It was pretty good, I thought. Not bad this year. All right. Also, please donate to help uh, American Red Cross Initiative get prepared California for your $400 donation. You and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers with all the KFI hosts and crew, unlimited sky slide rides during an exclusive evening at the OUE Sky Space in downtown L.A. You have to be 21. 100% of the proceeds benefit the American Red Cross Get Prepared California campaign. Limited tickets for details, log on to KFIAM640.com, and the search is Mixer. Okay, back we go. John Thomas, the Thomas Guide. We've gone through the president. We've gone through what is going on in uh, the comms with the comms director. What do we do the first segment, by the way? Uh, oh, the summit. We talked about mm-hmm. the summit and the politics. And now let's spend a moment or two talking about this little race for governor uh, in here in California, and as John said, why the polls are wrong. Thanks, Bill. You're welcome. That was an <laughs> I, intro. Well, so you've seen a bunch. There's been a ton of public polling over the last year, essentially, in this governor's race, and it showed over the last, especially six months, that Antonio Viragosa is a serious potential contender to get into the top two. Uh, that would be a big, big deal because if if that happened, it's possible that Antonio would have a path to beating Gavin Newsom on a on a Democrat on Democrat contest, except it's not going to happen. We're never going to see that battle, despite polls showing that in some polls, although last month or so, you've seen Gavin still in a clear first. He's he has a comfortable floor that he'll, he'll go to a top two. But oftentimes it was between the margin of error between Republican John Cox and Antonio Viragosa. And some people were saying, well, all you have to do, in fact, expert colleagues of mine are saying, I think Antonio's got a good shot because you just have to draw the trend lines, John. He was at seven, and now you know he's at, depending on the survey, 13 to 15, and if Cox is 17, that's within the margin, and he's on the ascent, and Cox is stuck or potentially on the d- descent. Except there's one problem. Uh, and by the way, Antonio's received a ton of outside spending. Oh, yeah, it's I mean, amazing it's, how I, much. I, I want to say he's on track to hit $20 million. Uh, maybe more for and for a primary is that astronomical, or is that about right? It's about right. Okay, uh, I was 
I tell potential gubernatorial clients that that we might consider working with fifteen million dollars as table stakes to get through a primary comfortably, but he's he's over that he's over that hump. Uh, he's received almost twenty million in outside spending. I think his campaign's another six or so million. So so he's he's a very healthy healthy level, but he's got a math problem, and the polling has been dead wrong. Cox will go to a runoff. I think I declared this what. A month or two ago with yeah. some internal polling or some um, trustworthy internal polling, not from campaigns, but from an outside outside group. But here's why. And the pu- public polling's wrong because the sample they've been using is more than doubling the Latino perceived Latino turnout in June. And we're seeing this not just in the governor's race. We're seeing this what in congressional. And what does that mean? Explain that. So, so essentially, you know, polling has to put together a sample of what they people they expect to turn out uh, and. And a lot of the public polling and, quite frankly, some internal polls I've seen, um, especially on uh, ambitious Democrat House candidates, their modeling is looking more like a presidential where they're assuming Latino turnout will be more at a presidential level. Uh, Younger voters will look more like a presidential level in terms of turnout, but it's wrong. So far, we are seeing turnout in these midterm elections and not just in California, but quite frankly, all over the country looking like the most boring Typical midterm cycle you've ever seen, which typical midterms favor Republicans and Latinos on average do not vote in the midterms. And so what you're seeing in these public polling is that imagine this, Bill, if the Latino, if the perceived Latino turnout in in California is 25 percent in these polls, which is not, it's less than half than that, half of that. But if you're at 25 percent and Antonio captures Half or maybe a little bit more of it, all of a sudden, Antonio starts at 13 or 14 percent. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Where, in fact, if it's going to be only half that, Antonio realistically is probably he's he's probably grown a little bit from this advertising. He's grown from probably seven to nine, which is nothing for twenty six million dollars because the the path just isn't there. So you're saying it's going to be. Cox, the Republican, and Gavin Newsom, the uh, the Democrat. That's right. That's the race. Mm-hmm. All right. So here is what's going to happen on Wednesday after the election on Tuesday is you're going to be sitting right there in that chair, John, and we're going to go through uh, the list of your guesses. Okay? <laughs> Great. Say, how did you do on this one, John? And you uh, may end up doing, having a, a job here forever, or that will be, <laughs> oh, Wednesday shoot. will be the last time I ever see you. Okay. Okay? I love this. Yeah, that's going to be great. Can I just ask, has Governor Brown endorsed anybody yet? No, right? For I governor? Do, I don't believe he has. I don't think because he has. I just saw this morning him endorse Javier Becerra, but I thought, oh, that's isn't that odd that he's all, he's going to go out for a state AG, but he doesn't go after his own lieutenant governor? Well, that's a sitting state AG, too. But wouldn't you support your own lieutenant governor? Uh, not, Typically? And I don't think necessarily you would, uh, because they don't run together anymore. Which, and, which, and they wh- may not be, well, they may not be another allies. Another interesting wrinkle is they both have the same political consultant. No uh, kidding. At Gavin and, and Brown. So no kidding. you know that if a marriage could be made there, they would have made it. That would it. be the so easy there's, one. So there's something there. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Coming up, uh, kids' suicide rates. Uh, you want to do the fight? All right. We'll do that one instead. Uh, calling your lawyer uh, from your jail cell. You think that the attorney client privilege would prevail here? Uh, rongo bongo. Let me explain why. It's almost. Scary. Well, actually, it is scary if you're in jail. 
All right, we'll be back with that. Uh, John, thank you. Thanks, Bill. And we'll see you again, uh, no doubt, next week. This is, uh, at least until the election, KFI <laughs> AM 640. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. KFI handle here on a uh, Friday morning and still so much to talk about. Uh, The big news this morning is Harvey Weinstein turning himself in, uh, making uh, on two counts, uh, one rape, the other one forcible uh, oral copulation, uh, big felonies. He made a million dollar bail. He is out, but he can't travel. He's got the ankle bracelet. He got the ankle monitor. And uh, of course, the president now says that uh, the June 12th summit, summit may still happen. So a lot going on. Now, uh, this is a story about a new, the New Orleans jail, uh, the parish jail. They don't have counties there. They have parishes. I love New Orleans. And uh, it is about recording conversations between inmates and their lawyers. I don't know whatever the hell happened with attorney-client privilege. Uh, Wayne is here because the same thing is happening in federal court. Uh, the same issue. So uh, let's talk about this issue. All right, you want to talk about the federal situation? Yeah, talk about I the mean, feds. It's, it's basically it's the, same the same idea. Yeah, because so you know it, the Fed situation. Well, it, uh, so in the federal case, uh, it's at the Leavenworth Detention Center, which is privately run. It's not run by the Bureau of Prisons. It's run under contract. And uh, they were record. Not only were they recording phone calls, they were video recording meetings between defendants and their attorneys. And a federal judge got involved and said, hey, we need to figure out what's going on here. And so she appointed a private lawyer uh, to come in and be like the court's investigator, kind of like special counsel in a way. And they had hearings and everybody from the U.S. Attorney's Office got on the stand and refused to answer any questions, saying that uh, there were regulations about what kind of information the agency could release. Well, this made the judge extremely mad. So then she got a prosecutor, federal prosecutor, who used to be here, Stephen Clymer. I know him. He's in New York now. And she appointed him to be some kind of intermediary with the U.S. Attorney's Office to try to get some answers about what's going on at this facility. And it's the same thing that you're talking about in New Orleans. Yeah, the whole issue uh, of attorney-client privilege. Where? How does that? not get in the way of recording conversations. Well, I can tell you what the jail in yes, New please. Orleans is saying. They're saying a couple of things. Number one, they're saying, we only record phone calls with attorneys if the inmate is calling a cell phone. Because if you call a landline, we don't record that call. But if you're calling a cell phone... What's the rationale? We record the, uh, because a cell phone can be anywhere. Theoretically, the landline is in an office somewhere. That the cell phone can be anywhere in the world and can easily be handed over to another person. So you call your attorney. We're not recording the call. You call your attorney and he goes, oh, hold on. And he hands the phone to a criminal confederate who can give you coded information or not coded information. And that's that's a legitimate argument, but... Does it supersede the attorney-client privilege? Well, the other other argument is there are ways to speak to your attorney without being recorded. If you call out on a landline or if you meet with them in person at the jail, we have seven meeting rooms, 24-7. Your attorney can come here at 3 in the morning and ask to speak to you, and we will say yes, sir, and put you guys in a room with no recording. So they say there are ways to to do it. And that's true, except if you're uh, represented by the public defender, 150 cases— 
How is the PD going to show up? Well, they're saying, yes, technically on paper there are alternatives, but not practically speaking. There are no alternatives. There's one other thing they're saying, and this is where you really need to weigh in. They say every time you make a phone call out of there, before the call goes through, it says this call is being monitored and recorded. And if you make that call and connect to your attorney and talk, you're waiving the privilege because we told you we're recording. See, but that's crazy. And the reason uh, that I I look at it as crazy is because that means that, uh, that an inmate can never have a private conversation with the attorney. If the attorney doesn't have time to show up because he's a PD with 150 clients and uh, that's it. You're waving if you make a phone call. No phone calls, no attorney. That is a denial of counsel. That, I think, is a constitutional issue in a criminal trial. So anyway, I think uh, that uh, the federal judge is going to go completely berserk and uh, say that this is uh, the attorney-client privilege and everybody else is going to die. Wow. That's there a hell are. of a ruling. That's why I'm not a judge. All right. Thanks, Wayne. Gary. Howdy. How, how was news and brews yesterday? It was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic crowd up there in Lancaster. Terrific. We had a blast. All right. What are you talking about today? Uh, well, we're going to start with the Harvey Weinstein stuff and talk about his uh, day in court today in New York and some of the crazy things that his attorney has now said about uh, Harvey Weinstein didn't invent the casting couch. Yeah, I thought... What kind I, of a dumb defense no, is that? No, it, uh, I thought it was very well said because here is the defense. Uh, and that is the attorney said it's a bad thing. I mean, the casting couch is horrible, but it's not criminal. And just because they're, because someone does something bad doesn't necessarily mean they do something criminal. That's going to be his defense. Yeah, be- but that's not what he, he's not accused of doing bad things. Yes, both. He's accused of raping no, these I women. I understand, but what the attorney is saying is that it's all mixed up. Well, and he, has, he has to differentiate it. So I have to tell you, I'm impressed, but only because I'm a lawyer and you did a good job. That's all. And I wouldn't. <laughs> Fred Rogan, the dean of L.A. Sports, is going to join us in the 10 o'clock hour to play a little game with us. Uh, and then we have Mo Kelly coming on in the 1 o'clock hour to talk about movies. And the author of a biography of Robin Williams is also going to join us in the 1 o'clock hour. It's an, it's an exhaustive uh, look at Robin Williams' life, all of his struggles, all of the things that ended up finally in his suicide. All right, all of that coming up with the Gary and Shannon Show on a Friday, tomorrow morning, handle on the law from 6 to 11 o'clock. Gary Hoffman, have a good show. Thank you, sir. All right, this is KFI AM 640.